Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to Marketing Saves the World, marketingsavestheworld.com or firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. For example, you could get a sample episode of Competitive Strategy with Kevin Coyne. Kevin Coyne is an ex-McKinsey partner, former worldwide head of strategy, and he had served something like over 25 CEOs on a personal level, on a one-to-one basis over his career. Kevin also has a program called How to Become a McKinsey Partner. It's the first time ever a McKinsey partner has gone on record talking about what is actually required to become a partner and you'll find it's very different from what you think is required how to develop deep insights which i have put together one of our most popular programs the electric car startup you will get sample episodes of all of those programs and more if you sign up to this list so that said i hope you enjoy today's episode hello tom how are you today i'm good michael how are you i'm excellent so anyway let's talk about uh, today's topic right mm-hmm so over the next few podcasts, let's I want to talk about each member or each participant in TCO4, right? Okay. So today, we, well, this podcast, we're going to talk about a very interesting participant, mm-hmm. Dylan, who is a Booth MBA. Okay. A current Booth MBA, not a past Booth, but someone who's actually now at Booth. Wow. Now, people for a long time asked us to have an MBA in the program in the United States. We've had MBAs from other countries before. Mm-hmm. And Dylan is the answer to their prayers. And Dylan's a very unusual participant, right, in some very specific ways. Mm-hmm. Well, what are your thoughts on Dylan before I continue? I, you know, I don't know that I have any. I'm just really curious. Because of how unusual he is, what lessons are viewers going to extract from this? Okay, good. So Dylan's unusual for a couple of reasons. One is obviously a current Booth MBA. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. pretty big thing, right? People are always trying to figure out who is Dylan. Because we obviously changed the names of TCO4 participants now, but we'll release the real names later. Right. So I'm going to devour some information, but not all of it to protect Dylan's actual identity, right? So Dylan is very successful. Mm-hmm. I was actually surprised when I looked at the resume. You know, here's a person who had risen to a senior position in an international firm, right? Mm-hmm. But they worked in a region that people in New York and Chicago, you know, the powerhouses of American corporate culture, looked down on a little bit. Okay. So, you know, the powerhouses, yeah, obviously, Dallas, San Francisco, mm-hmm. Chicago, New York, right? California, LA, and so much. But those four regions, if you don't work in those four regions and you work in some funny place like Poughkeepsie, New Jersey, they kind of look down on you. Yeah, yeah. So no matter how successful you were there, they say, oh, you worked here. Hmm, let's discount it. So that's the problem Dylan has. Yes. Enormously successful. And people just discount their enormous success. The second thing is most people don't know this, but Dylan comes from one of the most prominent families Hmm. and hides that very carefully. And people don't know that. Mm -hmm. So you have someone who comes from a prominent family who was very successful in their previous job. They arrive at Booth and people don't know their background and laugh at their previous firm. But Dylan thought that because they were so successful previously, they would be more accepted. What do you think happens here? What do you think happens that, in a class debate? He's going to be just not talked over. His opinions are going to be discounted. And he's just not going to have the voice that would correspond to like what he would actually contribute. Exactly. That's exactly what happens. I mean, basically everything you said, people dismiss ideas. They dismiss mm-hmm. concepts. They don't want to listen. They talk over. And this is a person who has actually been very successful. Mm-hmm. Is used to getting respect. And not because of family or anything, just because they were successful. 
They come to booth. The colleagues just look down on them and don't even want to pay them any attention. And second, because of, you know, the previous firms they've worked at and so on, they get interviews in many firms, but they don't close any of them at the elite firms. Mm -hmm. So this obviously takes a toll on confidence and so on, right? Yeah, that's got to be huge. So what happens to Perth? What happens to Dylan? Well, Dylan starts believing that maybe there is no success here. Maybe it's just luck. Yeah. Or even if it's success, it's not good enough success. It's not the right kind. It's not worth as much. And that's really the problem I had with Dylan. I mean, when I think Dylan wrote to us as kind of a Hail Mary pass. I'm not sure what was happening. When I looked at Dylan's resume, I thought, whoa, this is an amazing resume, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, wow, this is a really good resume. I can't believe you have a resume like this. Mm-hmm. And you seem to be so disappointed with what happened. So I looked at the resume. I was very impressed with it. I then spoke to Dylan. And I was actually very impressed with the mannerisms, behavior, body language, and so on. Mm-hmm. And then I can very quickly see why they were not having much success. It's primarily a disconnect between understanding how to communicate effectively and second, starting to believe all the negative things. Okay. This is the exact opposite of the overconfidence problem where you begin to yeah, believe it. Yeah, exactly. This person is good. Dylan mm-hmm. is good, has a track record to match it, but doesn't believe they're good. They've stopped mm-hmm. believing it. They came in believing they're successful, but then they just couldn't get any of the respect or whatever they were looking for. And they've now started to maybe believe it's true. Maybe what people are saying are right. Yeah, you begin to internalize what you hear around you. And that's a really subtle effect. It sneaks in without you really maybe even knowing it's happening. It's also cultural things. I mean, if you come from the sort of Appalachian Mountains and that's where you grew up, and mm-hmm. you're, you're, the way you interact with people are going to be very different. I experienced that myself moving up from the south of America up to New England. There's a cultural disconnect there and you get judged very quickly. When I tell people, oh, well, I moved up from the south and they go, oh, well, we're glad you escaped that. Yeah, but you see, you could be the smartest person in the world, but they judge you just for where you came from. Yeah. They don't care that you were smart. Oh, you escaped the south. It's very bad. By default, there must be some bad elements that stuck to you. And that's a big part of what Dylan is dealing with. Yep. It's not as if they're being judged to be weak. They're not even being given an opportunity to be fairly judged. And you know, a lot of what we are doing with Dylan is not confidence building. That has a very negative connotation. It's about, a, it's about allowing them to use their natural skills to realize that they're pretty good at what they're doing. Yeah, that's the one where someone doesn't need confidence. They just need, you just sort of show them, they go to help them realize what they're capable of. Exactly. Just when we don't build confidence, build their skills. Yeah. You do it in a way whereby you don't have to like untrain them too much. Because if you start untraining them everything they know, you reinforce the concept they're not good enough. Yes. And you actually want to minimize that. You want to carefully minimize that, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you notice when I give feedback to Dylan, sometimes I want to give negative feedback and certain things, but I choose not to. Because I feel too much negative feedback is just going to reinforce what they already believe. Later right. on, I'll fix something, but I don't have to give it all at once. Yeah. You know, there's this belief that to be a good coach, you have to just give negative feedback. And if you're bad, if you can't take negative feedback, that's nonsense. Some people just don't respond well to negative feedback. You shouldn't give it to them. you got to find a way to guide them and mentor them, right? Yeah. And then body language is a very big part of things, yeah? It's about building up their knowledge in terms of how they come across to other people and guiding them on that. It's just very simple things. Also, if you criticize your whole life, you tend to give one-word answers. Do you realize that? That makes sense because 
the more you say, the more you're putting out to be attacked or criticized. Yeah, or... I notice that people who are criticized a lot, they kind of assume that what they're going to say is not important anyway, so they don't give you a big answer. Yeah. It's not because they have nothing to say. They think what they have to say is not important. Mm-hmm. So part of our technique with Dylan is we cannot say everything they're doing makes sense if it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. We cannot say they're doing well when they're not doing well. That would just be bad mentoring. Right. But we can get them to see some of the positives even in things that are not going so well so they at least can recognize what's going well and focus on that and try to eliminate the bad things mm-hmm. so susan and dylan are pretty similar in some ways hmm. very similar i mean obviously different but they are similar i feel they lack confidence they've had difficulties obviously one comes from a wealthy family one doesn't come from a wealthy family but beyond that they are pretty similar mm-hmm. so dylan's interesting because dylan is is recruiting full-time on cycle right yeah which that's a whole separate lifestyle almost it's a whole separate lifestyle and you know the person's doing pretty well I think managing everything, very disciplined, very focused, showing a lot of progress as well. And these are early days, you know, it's just started us, just getting things kicked off. But so far, good progress. But Dylan's the only one who is a student. The rest are mm-hmm. all experienced hires in TCO4. Mm-hmm. So Dylan's the only one who is working towards a deadline. Yeah. The others are not working towards a deadline. They can interview whenever they want to, whenever they have time. Mm-hmm. So I think that Dylan's going to be interesting to watch because we also have other booth clients in our coaching program. So we can compare, right? Mm-hmm. We can mm-hmm. compare and contrast how Dylan's doing versus someone else in the program. Mm-hmm. But what will be interesting for members is to see how Dylan performs in real time. That's going to be fascinating because that on-cycle recruiting is just so scheduled and it's very fast-paced. Exactly. It's very difficult, I would say. I mean, I, I think it's going to be tough. I'm convinced that we could get Dylan in the question is, can we get Dylan in by September? That's a different question. Mm-hmm. That's a harder one to answer. And I, we were going to try our best, obviously. And mm-hmm. hopefully everything works. But I think it's going to be interesting because of the unique challenges and the unique background. Mm-hmm. I think it's always, you know, when you go to any organization, school or somewhere, you always get a group of people that dominate. And then there's a lot of other people who feel bad because they're not part of that group. Mm-hmm. And it affects their confidence, affects everything. Yes. It's not as if the group that dominates are bad. They could just be popular, right? They could just be very smart and you feel kind of left out. Even if you are very good, the dynamics of the group structure means you can't be your best. Yeah, that's just how humans and and groups of humans work. Now, our job with Dylan is to find a way to punch through that, to change the social structure in an interview so it doesn't mimic the social structure at Booth, Mm -hmm. where Dylan's not able to show their best abilities. That's a tough one to do. Yeah, that's very interesting because I feel like many people think that their time in an MBA program, they're learning and they're practicing what they want to do when they're in the interviews. But with Dylan, it's almost, they're almost two separate environments. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, it comes down to whether Dylan's often going to listen to us and actually can implement the recommendation. Some of it are being implemented, some of it is not being implemented. I think overall, Dylan's doing pretty well so far. It's still early days, right? We've got a right. whole four months to go before we see this through. Yes. Any questions, comments, concerns about Dylan? No. Okay, let's wrap up, right? Mm-hmm. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our insider content is to join the list on marketingsavestheworld.com or firmsconsulting.com. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.